Welcome to the Powerline Podcast, the official podcast of Greystone Power. I'm your host, Adam Elrod. And on this month's episode, we're talking to President CEO Gary Miller about what 2021 had in store for your electric cooperative. So let's jump right on in to episode number 17 of the Powerline Podcast. To close out 2021, it seemed like a great time to sit back down with our very first guest ever on the podcast, President CEO Gary Miller, to discuss major events and accomplishments your electric cooperative has had. Gary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Adam. Great to be here with you again. The biggest news of the year for the co-op, of course, was opening our brand new headquarters in Paulding County. In your assessment, how has the move to Paulding been, and how is the headquarters working for Greystone? Well, thank you, Adam. You know, it's really hard to to believe that we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of being in this new facility. But I'll tell you, we couldn't be happier with our move uh, to Paulding County. The citizens here in Paulding have welcomed us with open arms, and they've really made us feel welcome here. You know, this new facility, it gives us the working space needed where we can be more efficient. The employees were ecstatic when they came back. Many had not seen this building until they returned to work in April. And just to see the the facility, the size, the working uh, areas, our employees really were, were delighted with it. You know, being able to consolidate all of our offices into one location, to take our lineman training grounds that we used to uh, have adjacent to our old office and being able to put it on the property here has really been a big plus for us in training and developing them. And now with the current supply chain issues that we're experiencing, you know, our larger warehouse and equipment yard is allowed us to stock more inventory to ensure that we can continue to support the growth that's been happening in our communities now for the past few years. So a lot of great things happening for Greystone and for serving our members. Now, this year, much like last year, has been a roller coaster with COVID-19. Throughout 2021, how has Greystone handled the ever-changing virus? You know, that's a great question, uh, Adam, and and I would say first and foremost, the safety of our employees and members is our number one priority, and we continue to monitor the virus, uh, different variants all the time in uh, judging what actions we may need to take. Uh, We follow CDC's guidelines when we do have employees who test positive, and we've encouraged our employees to get vaccinated. But, you know, when situations warrant it, we've been wear a mask, then after a while, maybe not wear a mask, but we're just monitoring and reacting to what is going on with the virus. Uh, Out of an abundance of caution, as you know, we transitioned our annual meeting from an in-person event to a drive-through event because we saw COVID cases late summer starting to spike again. We weren't sure what that would mean for October, but out of an abundance of caution, we decided that we should uh, not do that meeting in person. I'll tell you the key in dealing with COVID from an office standpoint is flexibility. And fortunately for our members, you know, many of our Greystone team members can transition to work from home on very short notice. And so that helps us to ensure that if the virus is strong and if we do need to have our employees working remotely for their protection and to ensure that they're available, we can do that very, very quickly and we can do that 
you know, 24-7. So we're, we're sitting in a, in a good position with that. But the virus itself, uh, as we see now, another spike apparently coming from this latest variant, uh, is something that we've just got to take uh, serious. And we have to have a plan to work into our operations because as an essential industry, we know we have to be there for our members. And, and we're heading right into – the, the storm season, uh, potential ice, snow, any of those from outages, and we've just got to make sure our team members are protected and are ready to deliver if our members uh, need it. I think that really covers it. And as an employee, I, I, I know I've felt appreciated and y'all have taken care of us. And fun fact from behind the scenes for members, with COVID coming down some, this is actually our first time getting to record the podcast in person versus just over a computer. Greystone also has given back to the community we serve as well in 2021. How have we given back to our communities and members? Well, you know, being a good corporate citizen is part of who we are. We believe in giving back to our communities and supporting initiatives that support our mission statement of making life better in the communities that we serve. We've done a lot over the past year. I know the COVID um, virus has caused hardship for a lot of people. We actively support various food pantries, not only financially uh, to help them buy the food, but our employees also donate their time to work in in the food pantries, in the Warehouse of Hope, through our Greystone Gives program. And, you know, Adam, with that program, our employees can donate up to an eight hours a year of their time for the charity of their choice. And uh, many have chosen uh, food pantries this past year of where they want to put uh, their time uh, and energy. We've always been a big supporter of education, uh, believing that uh, the educated workforce helps with economic development, among many other uh, positive attributes. And so support of our school systems is something that we have done and continue to do. We have several scholarships that we offer, either through the Greystone Foundation or uh, directly as we partnered with West Georgia Technical College this year with a $5,000 scholarship to help get their lineman training program up. We donated a a used uh, Derrick truck for that program also to help train uh, young folks who wish to have a career uh, in 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 the lineman field. And then we work with uh, various counties and the economic development there, the the, uh, development authorities to attract good-paying jobs. Uh, We've been very active in that field. We've had a very good year of several large uh, industries choosing Greystone as their supplier, but also choosing our community and choosing our employees uh, and and citizens uh, to work there. And then with our members, of course, we give back capital credits every year as part of being a nonprofit cooperative. And this October, we were happy to return $8 million in patronage capital directly to our members, along with our Wallet Watch credit, which is a bill credit every month on their bill. Uh, we gave back $18 million that way, so a total of $26 million that was money in the pockets of our members as well. So supporting our community, supporting our members, making life better in the communities we serve, that's what we're all about. I don't think any member could want to hear something any better than that, giving back to food pantries, giving back to their wallets, and giving back to the economy, especially after the past two years. Now, we haven't just given back. We've also been given some hardware. We've won a couple of awards over this year. 
what awards has Greystone won, and what does that mean to the co-op? And Adam, I'd say, you know, we never sit out or have a goal to win an award. Our focus each day is to do the best job that we can for our members and our team members. But when we do receive an award, I look at it like a validation that the things that we're doing are making an impact. So winning an award is special to us. And this year, uh, we were very pleased to be recognized by Lieutenant uh, Governor Jeff Duncan down at the state capitol uh, and the Georgia College and Career Academy as their partner of the year, recognizing our efforts to the uh, college and career academies where we have been supporting both financially and in employing some of those graduates from that fantastic program. Uh, In addition to that, our public relations team has won several uh, various industry awards for the great job they do in communicating and keeping our members informed on events and things that are going on. And then, of course, in customer satisfaction, we don't really have an award this year, but our customer satisfaction scores that we look at from a multitude of sources show that we continue to rank very high uh, in the uh, energy sector with the level of customer service that we provide to our members. And so we look at that as a validation as well, that our focus is in the right place. I hope when our members hear that, they understand that we really enjoy bringing those home for them, like you said, to validate all the hard work we do every day. Now, one big accomplishment, of course, is increasing our renewable portfolio. Could you speak a little bit to where we are in our fuel mix at this point? Yeah. Um, With the concerns surrounding climate change, as you know, and the use of fossil fuels, we've been focusing for several years now on renewables and carbon-free power generation. Uh, It's been an effort uh, over many years now that we are really focusing and trying to transition our energy mix. Uh, I can tell you 30 years ago when I came uh, to Greystone, about 70% of our generation was coming from coal alone. Um, in 2016, that number had dropped uh, down to 9%. And in Adam, last year, only 2% of our generation came from coal. We're up to about 7% now coming from renewables, uh, solar in particular. We're parts of, of multiple solar projects around the state. We continue every year to evaluate a host of other options for solar and getting into offering uh, solar at a a scale, uh, commercial scale that we can do to bring uh, value uh, to our members. Um, So, and then, uh, as you know, the the nuclear plant Vogel, a carbon-free emitting generating source, uh, it's set to come online, we hope, uh, next year for Unit 3 and the following year for Unit 4. And uh, that will displace even more of the coal that we're using now. So I expect that number to drop as the nuclear plant comes online and we take more of that base uh, energy load there. So great things on the horizon as we look at what we're doing to reduce uh, our carbon uh, footprint. Members who uh, listen to PSC uh, Commission Chairman Trisha Proudmore will be glad to hear that pretty much everything she said in the podcast when we talked to her, our fuel mix lines up with what she thought the future would look like. So that is great news. And if you haven't heard that episode, make sure you go back in our archives and check that one out. 
Now, Gary, you are now tied for the most episodes as being a guest on the podcast. You and Drew hold the record at two, so you know the last question is the same for everyone. Anything else you'd like to tell our members? Well, Adam, let me say it's an honor to be on the podcast again, and I'm, uh, I always uh, enjoy the opportunity to share information of what we're doing here. Um, I do want to express my appreciation to our members for their patience and understanding as we deal with the challenges of COVID. Uh, we're making it uh, as easy as we can to do business with us um, and automating as many processes and things as we can so that members can choose what's the best way for them to interact. I can tell you next year, we're planning to roll out a chat feature where members can chat directly with our member service representatives about their account with us straight from their phone. Um, and reliable electric service, you know, always a high priority for us. And we're going to enhance some of the efforts we're doing next year as well as we're planning uh, in the early part of the year to roll out texting where we can text members during storms in particular, giving them an idea of the scale of the problem. You know, we can never promise an actual restoration time uh, in events like that. You know, it's just too unpredictable. But keeping people informed that we know what's what's happening and giving them some estimates around what we believe uh, is something we've heard from our members for a while, and I am delighted that we're going to be able to roll this product out uh, early next year uh, for that. And finally, I would just say that we are planning for an in-person annual meeting next year, and I'm really, really hoping that we'll have COVID under control where all of that can happen. You know, it's been two years now since we've been able to get together with members. It's something that I really personally enjoy. I enjoy that interaction. I know our board does as well. And so we are hoping that uh, next year's the year that we can finally get back together and host that, uh, that meeting right here at our new campus. Well, Gary, I can't thank you enough for your time, all this wonderful information of what 2021's been and also what our members can look forward to next year. Well, thank you, Adam. I appreciate uh, being able to be with you today. Well, that is all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining us for the latest episode of the Powerline Podcast. But before I let you go, we do have one more thing that we want to give back to you in 2021. Any member who signs up for the first time to receive their bills electronically instead of traditional paper bill between now and the end of the year will be entered in for a chance to win a $1,000 bill credit. That is one good way to end 2021. This has been the Powerline Podcast. Thanks for listening.